Beat me up on the mamas of all mama shit. Hey, I'm looking through my telescope and I see a mothership. Is that you? Beat me up. Hey, DA, I'm thirsty, man. Could you beat me up for a cold one? Hey, DA, what's going on, baby? Stop me off and beat me up. DA, what's the silly? Oh, permission to get in that mothership. Is my window seat still available? Beat me up. What's going on, DA? Hey, man, I need you to do me a huge favor. My co-worker's a jerk. Oh, just beat me up, man. Get beamed up. Everyone else has. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Pete's pointing, so I'll talk. Welcome back to the DA show on this Wednesday morning. In for DA, it's Bogus, EJ, and Pete once again. Greg Caserta has joined the fun this morning, and Andrew Kaplan triumphantly returns from burning two days off. So the stream is going again. Watch us, watchda.com, Twitch, the YouTube page, and of course, you're listening. And we appreciate that across this great country on all of our Odyssey affiliates, the CBS Sports app, the Odyssey app, Sirius XM, Channel 158. Still a lot of show left this morning. Much more conversation on Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA violations in Michigan than his subsequent lies. And now a pending four-game suspension. Aaron McMahon, who covers the Wolverines for MLive.com, is on the show. We will talk about the latest attempt by Saudi Arabia and money to lure high-end players to the country, different leagues and whatnot, and what that means for the other sports that have not yet been directly touched by this controversy. The latest on Bronny James in this hour. Soundcheck is next, but right now, after beginning the show with Justin Herbert getting paid, we talk about Jalen Brown getting paid. The kind of Robin to Jason Tatum's Batman in Boston did not have the best postseason. We all remember that at times, just not even shooting the basketball. But Jalen Brown, uh, they said they weren't going to trade him. They didn't trade him, and now they've paid him five years, $304 million. It's the richest deal in NBA history. Much like Herbert, uh, that number and that title will probably change hands pretty quickly, partly because the the NBA structure just kind of creates the the value of these max deals. And Jason Tatum, P.S., needs a deal a year from now. So the Celtics are about to have over a half billion dollars committed to two guys moving forward. This is a safe space when I'm here for Brad Stevens. Uh, we have had more than one heated debate about Brad as the head coach, fewer with Brad as the GM, the Celtics all together. Boston's postseason this year obviously left a lot to be desired. Um, They made roster moves to theoretically make themselves better. They survived the regular season and chunks of the postseason with Joe Mazzula as the head coach, filling in last second for Ime Udoka. We came to learn along the way that they didn't really do a good enough job fixing the staff and refilling the staff after the initial coaching change, plus Damon Stoudemire leaving during the season to become the head coach at Georgia Tech. Didn't really do much for Missoula to be learning on the job how to be a head coach with a high-end team in the NBA. But when they lose and they don't get to the finals and they don't win a title again with these two young studs, the conversations were valid finally. you know, DA and Sean were having these conversations three years ago, and I thought that was way too soon. Now is the time to have them. We talked about their their need to do something different, that they needed to do something because it seemed like this group of guys, Brown and Tatum, maybe just needed a facelift. And we were open to trading and listening and talking to Jalen Brown suitors, but that never happened. 
And now Brown has this deal, and he's not the best player on the team, and he's certainly not the best player in the NBA. So, it, again, it's relatively odd that he's the highest-paid player in the NBA, but that doesn't really matter. What matters is the commitment. What matters is the Celtics are keeping these two front-end guys for the foreseeable future. They've thrown Kristaps Porzingis onto the mix for this year. That's the big move. That's the change, hoping to alter the dynamic and give them a different angle with the idea being now at two of those three players will be on the floor at all times. So there shouldn't be a drop-off in scoring. There should be balance. Don't need to focus on one guy leading the way when the main unit's not on the floor. I get it. I like it. Don't know if it's going to work, but I see what they're trying to accomplish here. And once again, Brad Stevens is doing things to make the Celtics better. Uh, Brought back Al Horford, traded for Malcolm Brogdon, almost traded Malcolm Brogdon again this year. Now they traded Marcus Smart, in comes Porzingis, and now they go with Brown. And the Celtics remain one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. You are absolutely allowed, though, at this point to kind of push back on what you think of them. Like now, the conversation feels a little more like the Sixers, where it's, hey, you know, I'm not buying in until you prove me wrong. Like I've been behind you already for too many times, and there's been too many shortcomings. I've gotten burned by you guys. Now I'm keeping you at arm's distance. If you're handling the Celtics that way, that's fine. But in theory, on paper, this remains one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And however you want to line them up, they have to be on the list of teams that can win the conference and win the whole thing. Because Tatum is that good. And Brown can be a really good number two. And then Porzingis can be is an interesting third option for them. And the rest of the roster, if some of these guys who were not in the rotation last year can step up and help you know, the, that second unit be that much better. And Joe Missoula has the right people around him. And Joe learned some significant lessons from this postseason run. Again, there were times where he was getting outcoached by Doc Rivers, which is not a compliment. <laughs> if there are times where the other guy is better than you, it is what it is because he's somebody better than you. You shouldn't have been outcoached by Doc Rivers, and at times they were. Uh, but they did survive that. And then he ran into Eric Spolstra and at times got the better of Spolstra, but not but not in the end. So the Celtics, I don't want to say they had to do this. They didn't have to keep Jalen Brown. They chose to keep Jalen Brown. Then they had to pay him. So now they pay him. And now they go back to work trying to figure this out again and solve the Bucks and solve the Heat. And if Dame Lillard goes to Miami, then this conversation changes just a little bit as well. But I do want to, I, maybe in my normal blind allegiance to Brad Stevens, uh, I'm going to give them credit for trying different things again, trading smart, bringing in Porzingis. And, you know, the money, the money's the money. And it's that was like almost a predetermined number. The super max value is set by salary cap percentage and league revenue and whatnot. And that's why that number is higher than it was for Nikola Jokic recently and why it'll probably be higher again when the next batch of guys sign it a year from now. Um, but I think it's worth pointing out over and over again, it feels like Tatum and Brown have been playing forever. It feels like they're basically Bird and McHale in terms of their tenure in Boston. And they definitely have played a lot of games, but neither one of them is 27. Brown's 26, Tatum's 25. So as good as they are, they're still probably pre-peak. Like, there's still plenty of time for them to figure this out and win the games and the titles that people seem to think they already should have won. Here's what I worry about, though. 
and it's just because I think of the freshness of the Damian Lillard situation. And maybe it's different for these two guys. Not everybody is the same. But when you see the number of guys that sign these deals, especially these big Supermax deals, and then they're immediately not content, will that happen at some point in the next five years with these two? Because you've got Brown signing this year. He's going to be on for five. And then Tatum's eligible for his next summer. So that gives them a four or five year window where they're both playing on Supermax deals. How long, if let's say they don't go far, if they flame out in the playoffs again, how long will it take before one or both goes, all right, this ain't working, send me elsewhere the way Dame did in Portland? Yeah, I, you know, Brown seems to really love Boston. He is super entrenched in the community, does all of this charity work, talked about staying there. So I don't know how fast that kind of stuff would wear off. From, the, from a basketball perspective, I mean, we we had this conversation on the show. It was time to look around. It was time to to maybe do something different finally in Boston. Mm. And that would have, and to me, Tatum was untouchable. Brown was the guy you could move if you wanted to really do a drastic overhaul. But then we had somebody from Boston, multiple national NBA guys, and we asked all of them, would you trade Jalen Brown? And all of them immediately said no. No. Because he's that good, and when you trade him, you're not getting back Jalen Browns. You may get back two or three other guys, maybe one of them takes off, but you're trading away a really legitimate high-end player. So then it's like, okay, then and that clearly was what Boston landed on decision-wise, and now he gets paid. Now, do we... Two years from now, three years from now, and they have the same kind of falling short, not getting to the end. Do they, for basketball reasons, go, okay, maybe now it's time to right. pull the trigger on one of these guys? And Now, Brown can't be traded for a year by rule if they're signing this. But after that, she's got nothing. And I feel like there's, there's, right, EJ, you would know this better. I don't think there's a no-trade clause in no, this deal. No. So after this mandatory year, and he can be moved, and no NBA contract is too rich to be traded— so they can make a move still down the road. So I think if there is a change, it's for basketball, not because one of those guys is like, hey, let me get out of here yeah. by now. And the other thing that I saw was that he gets the Supermax does Brown because he was second-team All-NBA this season. How about that? Right? So now Tatum will also be eligible for a Supermax, but he has to make one of the All-NBA teams in order for, in order for it to be that maximum value. The max Max? Yeah. And that's one of the things in the new CBA that I actually found interesting. Like, normally when they come through with these new CBA rules and bullet points, I'm, I'm like, okay, just part of business. But having guys have to play a minimum 65 games to be eligible for those awards, I think that's a really smart thing. I think it's really good because it curtails the load management that we've been complaining about for years. Yeah, and because the NBA has those things connected, like all NBA and whatnot, and those are, like me- those are media choices, some of those things, they've created this where those things matter. Like, yeah. it doesn't really matter other places. You know, baseball, you get a little bit of a stipend or whatever. You know, but if you all-star teams... Oh, this is millions and millions right. of dollars. And John Morant missing last year, mm. missing out on all-NBA selection. I think it was the number was like $40 million oh. he cost himself. Can you imagine? Between being unhealthy and all the off-court issues, keeping him from playing, not making any of those squads, he screwed himself. Yeah. $40 million mistake. And like, I, I'm the guy, like I, I've voted for a couple of things here and there along the way. And it feels kind of cool to register a vote for something that matters. 
but I want no part of NBA voting because of those, no. the things that that stuff determines. Mm-hmm. I do not want to be connected to either earning a guy an extra 20 mil or costing him 20 mil because I left him off my list of the top 15 players in and the league. There's always a fracture between players and media. Like, there's always that distrust. Guys are always a little on edge. I mean, we've seen it with Russell Westbrook his entire career. I wonder how that carries out now. Like, I wonder now if there will be more grudges between players and media, guys that feel they got snubbed. Because do we find out how these guys vote? Like, do, is, it's not like the Hall of Fame where we see ballots. Right? Do we know how these media members vote for NBA teams? Yes, I think we, after we do now. yeah after the fact they release them, which is why we know um, Mark Jackson messed right. up the All NBA team. I think not having Jokic or something like or right. the MVP vote actually. MV, yeah, he didn't have vote Jokic at all, right? Yeah, no, he wasn't. Didn't have him on the top five. He yeah. said it was a it was an error. Yeah. See, again, I don't like lists because I would do that. I'd make a list <laughs> and like my mind would start in one mm-hmm. place and I'd go to the left and I go, oh, "That's five guys." Yeah. And I wouldn't, rem- and I would never notice that I left Jokic off the list. So when you were planning your wedding, Ugh, yeah, how, how did that go? Uh, like making a list of people to show up. Yeah, we actually. This is the second time this is coming up this week. Uh, it wasn't fun. I didn't forget to invite people. It was more figuring out who we didn't have space for. But, but did you and your wife have a number in mind? And then as you were writing names down, you realized you were going to go way beyond that total? Well, the room had a limit that we got oh, married okay. in. Got and the, somebody told us, like, there's, I don't know, what, I don't remember anymore what the number was. But they were like, assume that 10% of people are going to say no. And so, you you know, if you can only have 120 you can invite like 135, and that way you'll end up at 120. If you invite yeah. 120, you're not going to get there and whatever. So whatever the number was, that's what we hit for. And then almost everybody said yes. Mm. So we ended up having being like slightly over the room thing. But at that point, you can't tell people, you, you know, you're not going to uninvite people. So what do you people. do in that situation, though? Uh, I think they just squeeze an extra you table get, in. Okay. Yeah. Is that and that costs you more? You got yeah. You pay yeah. for pay per person. Or you yeah. buy, or or you have five people, five percent of people that don't that say no, and then the other five percent that say yes, and then don't show up. Right, and the people who like ask if they can bring somebody, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a you know, like it's a, just a backyard party. Uh-huh. A it, buddy of mine that I grew up with, a guy from high school, got married. When did he get married? He got married in February. And initially, I wasn't on the invite list. Like, I was on that cut line. Mm-hmm. Like, I made it to the end of Hard Knocks, and then <laughs> I got the phone call like, hey, come into the facility. Right. Hand, hand in your iPad. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know when that call comes, it's never good. And then a couple of weeks before his wedding, he goes, hey, so we had a few people that couldn't show. They RSVP'd. No, would you still want to go? And I said, yeah, of course. But then... I ended up going to Mexico instead with my brother. Okay. So I had to make up an excuse like, ah, you know, I got these tickets last minute. I forgot that I double booked. But I was I <laughs> I was a re-gifted wedding guest. Yeah. Like it, it felt like I, I've seen him since. We're cool. Everything's good. We actually spoke just the other day on the phone. But initially, when I got the snub, I was pretty pissed about it. Yeah, I've been on the the definite like um, like the B list, so to speak. Mm. Like the first run of invites go out, people yeah. say they can't make it, and then they've got spots to fill. And you know, but there's no way to not like you know that you are. It's, yeah. it's not. There's no way to hide that. Right. 
whatever. I get I, it. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the second list. I, I just have one list and, and really cut it down to what you needed, and that's it. Yeah. Well, the reason I found out that I wasn't invited to the wedding is because me and all the guys, like it's the fantasy football group for over 10 years, all my high school buddies, we see each other like once a year, maybe twice a year, and we were all at a wedding, and a bunch of us were talking, and they're like, yeah, so we got uh, we got Dan's wedding coming up in a couple months, Whoops. and I'm like, oh, yeah? I didn't even know he was getting married. So then I guess it got <laughs> back to him. Oh, so it was one of those, and I was initially I was like, come on, dude. Like, but I'm also, you know, you're again, the hot guy. Who would not? Yeah, I don't want you there guy. as competition. I'm, I'm hot boy fresh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I felt I shouldn't be disappointed. I felt it was very unmanly to be disappointed that I wasn't invited. But I've been friends with this guy since I'm 16 years old. We've been friends for almost 20 years. So mm. it's like, come on, come on. Well, this is why you have two weddings. This is why you marry <laughs> twice. This is why you have a dry run first. Yeah, a dry run <laughs> the first time with, with the with the, uh, uh, with the uh, marriage ends in divorce, and then you end up with a with the solid list for the second one. Right. I, look, for my for my wedding with Bridget, I purposely kept the list short. I kept it just direct and straight to the point. But I think that's the best way to do it in general. Just keep it. Just keep your list short. Yeah. I'm, is it weird that I'm at the point now where I don't even care if I'm invited to most weddings? Like, I had a, like one of my college friends got married last weekend, and I guess because I'm such a homebody and I'm so busy, and I'm like, I don't even want to have the stress of trying to tell my bosses, hey, I need this another weekend because I got to go to a wedding. Like, yeah, and they're expensive. I, yeah, yeah they, like I saw my friend got young. married on you know Instagram, and I was like, oh, I was happy for him. I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad I didn't have to make this decision or have this awkward conversation with my bosses about hey i need another weekend because i got to go to a wedding like it was like great i can send them a text say congratulations and i can keep moving ej i'm with you and i agree with you a hundred percent the only reason that my situation was a little different is because i knew that all my buddies from home were going to be at this wedding right and i was like the one guy that wasn't going but normally yeah you're 100 right like i've had two weddings this summer for aaron's cousins who we don't see very often <laughs> And yeah. when I have to map out my schedule, not only for this job, but my other job at MLB Network. Whoop, whoop. TV, Greg. Cheap plug. Shameless. Where is that again? MLB Network. Is that on TV? That's what is television. That? Okay. I'm talent. Um, I, have to, I was immediately told, you have to block out this day and this day. Yep. Like, that was given by my better half. Like, these two days, you're not around. I mean, there was there was a... My girlfriend's cousin got married, and it's, I feel bad because then I actually ended up meeting him and his wife at uh, her brother's wedding a couple of months ago, or yeah. last month in New Orleans, and they're great. They're awesome. I kind of maybe wish I did go, but I had to tell her, like, look, I can't go to this. Like, mm -hmm. we have been, we have, like, four or five weddings this year, and, like, I'm sure your cousin's great. Like, I send my, you know, wishes, but I can't go to this. Because you're how old now? I'm 32. Yeah, so you're right in that wheelhouse right. of when everybody I mean, is getting married. I think, I'm going, I think I'm going to four this year. Yeah. Are you in any weddings? I was in my best friend's wedding earlier in like January. February, and it's January, expensive February. as hell, isn't it? Yes. Uh -huh. Oh my God. Right? It was the first time I'd ever been in a wedding. And the cost of the tuxedo, the cost of what? Bachelor party? Yeah. Was, luckily, my friend's very low maintenance, so bachelor party wasn't that bad. All right. that's but, where, I think that's where I spent most of my money now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't like it was free. Sure. But it it, it could have been worse. And a lot of times, too, with the with 
being in the wedding party, you can't just stay for one night. You have to stay for two nights yeah. because you have a rehearsal dinner the night before. Yeah. Then you might have to get up early and get ready in the the groom suite, get ready for pictures. Did all that. So it's two nights at a hotel. Tra- it's And then a gift. You know, you're not going to go cheap on the gift. There you go. Right? So here's my normal for a wedding. I normally would give $200. I don't know if that's cheap. I don't know if that's good. But by that rate, when it's somebody I'm close with, I would then give $300. So, again, it just little by little, it just adds up. up. It just yeah. keeps going, going, going. I'm not sure how we got here, but we began with Jalen Brown's $304 million extension <laughs> in Boston. Uh, we'll do more on that next hour when A. Sherrod Blakely of Bleacher Report joins us uh, to help us kind of weed through all the nuts and bolts of this and where the Celtics go from here. When we come back, though, it's time for sound check, your best audio of the day, which, by the way, includes Jason Tatum of those Celtics. That's all next on CBS Sports Radio. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. Uh, we've had a major catastrophe in the building. We'll get to uh-huh. that in just a second. But first, Soundcheck. It begins with Jason Tatum. This is him speaking at a Nike Elite Youth Basketball event. Um, asked about by the kids in the in the audience about load management. Man, I don't decide to be playing the hardest tonight. I'm a chip. I only get to go to Charlotte two times a year. Somebody paid their money to come watch me play. Like not trying to be arrogant. Like like it's a bunch of kids in there my shoes and my jersey and just because we playing charlotte on nba league pass on a monday and ain't nobody watching i i'm chilling tonight that's not what the 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 great player the best players do so the way y'all compete in the middle i loved it and pete and talk block your shots or fouls would still be a safe that's basketball but then you can't go on the side basket like ah we ain't playing them they still watching they still evaluate. They didn't come to see me play. Follow a Brad. They know what we can do. Y'all in the future. Y'all next. So just keep that in mind. Like, ranked player, not big game, not big game. Like, compete. Play basketball. Because don't take the for granted. So I definitely like the message in general. Yeah. I still think it's time that's smart to take a week off in March just so you're relaxed and ready to go for the postseason. Um, but I do, but the idea of, and I've had this conversation with my little guys, he plays more and more baseball. Like, everything kind of matters. Like, you can't, if you're about, if you're out there, you got to play. And there's a difference between having fun and practicing and goofing around and then playing. When it's time to play, you got to play. And I think that's an important message that you never know who's watching. You never know who you're playing against. You never know who's there to see you or to not see you or to see somebody else and you get that coach's attention and all of a sudden now you're being recruited or whatever. You got to, when it's time to go to work, you got to go to work. But I also do think that load management has a has a place or is not the worst possible thing in the world as some like to present it. Uh, let's stay in the NBA. Mikhail Bridges discussing the KD trade saga and then karma getting him in the end. This is in the, the summer 
Katie said if you want to go Phoenix. So it was kind of in the back of my head because, you know, we're not dumb. Like, if you want to come here, you know, I was gone and Cam Johnson knew we was <laughs> like, I knew, like, so I'm like, well, it ain't book leaving. <laughs> I'll take his DA and I'll take his CB. So, like, I always made jokes to me and Cam. I'm like, damn, Katie, about to come here, bro. Pack your bags. We out of here. <laughs> but then it died down. Season came on. We was about to play Brooklyn the day before and we, had, we was going to practice and something about Kyrie coming to Phoenix. Then it brought back the memories of the summer. And I'm like, oh, sh- like, here we go. <laughs> and then when the Katie thing happened, I was just like, damn, I didn't think that was really going to happen. Right. Even when I got to Brooklyn that day before when we was about to play him, I was around in the gym like, this is my home. Tapping the guys up uh, that work there like, I'm going to see you, bro. I'm going to be back here a couple days. And I get traded two days later. <laughs> so it's like some karma on my for that one. Uh, that's a cool story. Bridges having fun with all the trade rumors and then actually ending up in the trade. Uh, with KD ending up in Brooklyn. Uh, last but not least, I can't wait to play this for you. I can't wait to say this guy's name. I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly, but this is Charlotte football coaches. His first year there. Biff Hoagie? Poggi? P-O-G-G-I. And he was not happy during his media session at AAC Media Day. Any other questions for Coach? That's it? Three questions? Maybe right, that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. <laughs> so that that we, we get that message. Thank you. All right, Biff. Go get him. Now, I've been in those awkward press conferences where somebody makes the effort to walk all the way in and sit down after a game, before a game, and there's like a question or two and everybody looks around like, I got nothing else. Like, I don't know why they brought this person in here to begin with. And then you kind of ask one or two more just to make it worth everyone's while that you sat down and that person came in. You'd think, though, at American Media Day, there's enough people in attendance, even doing generic stories, they're asking the same question of everybody that you'd get more than three as the Charlotte football coach. I mean, I've covered an American Conference Media Day, not for football, but for basketball. And, I mean, some of those schools, the the lower-end schools, your Charlottes of the world, I mean, they don't really get a lot of questions. I mean, I wasn't surprised when I saw this. It kind of brought me back to my days of covering AAC Media Days. But, like, to be honest, to Coach Pogi or Pogi, again, apologies if that's not his name, like, you took over a job where the team was 3-9, and nine, okay? Like, you didn't take over Alabama. You didn't take over LSU. You didn't take over a football power. I don't think you can be uh, outwardly disrespected that people don't want to ask questions about your bottom feeder conference team. Yeah. My buddy, by the way, used to be the OC at Charlotte. He was on the previous staff. Um, so it's, it is Pogey, and his given name is Francis. And he came from Michigan, did a good job there under Jim Harbaugh. I mean, even think there'd be Michigan questions. Yeah. Why do they call him Biff then? I don't know. Why do we call for- you the body? Who Francis. could forget about his grandfather, Mad Dog Pogey, <laughs> fastest gun in the West? <laughs> Francis Pogey. That, that's not a, just go by that name. Frank? Frank. Yeah. I always found Frankie. it odd that Biff Tannen stuck around the McFlies after he <laughs> nearly violated Mrs. McFly at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Like, George was totally cool keeping him around his family. <laughs> this guy's a sexual predator, and he's, like, washing your car in the front yard. <laughs> oh, hey, Biff! Get the hell out of here. What's the saying? Like, <laughs> keep your friends close, but your enemies closer? Yeah. Now you know where he is at all times. Right. 
I'm watching messy highlights right now. This cool. guy looks like a Biff, by the way. That's like, a, I don't even, he's got a neck, like a football player. I mean, he's a former, he played himself. He's a big dude. He should be named Biff. Not a, not Francis. Let me see his, does he have that football coach face like Mike McCarthy? And He's got that football coach neck, which is wider than his head. You know who's got the ultimate football coach face is uh, that Burt Bielma, Brett Bielma, Bielema. Brett Bielma. He. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking. I was thinking of Burt Blylevin. <laughs> Brett Bielma has that. He could only be a football coach face. Um, like there's, he's not cut out to do anything else. You're on a run of names here, Burt Bielema. Then there was the Christian Braun. Yeah, yeah, oh, that was bad. Basketball ones. And there was what was the one before that? That was definitely also an NBA reference. Yeah, it, was, it was definitely two because Greg was like, I'm not doing NBA for the Stroom? rest of the year. Baseball is definitely filtrating. Strum, Strum. Oh, yeah. Max Struss. Yeah, Struss. Struss. Yeah, that's <laughs> who it was. Yeah. Max Struss. Well, baseball is definitely filling your head because of your job at MLB Network. Okay. Speaking of which, uh, Sunday night, you can watch Greg wow. and a to-be-determined group of analysts break down <laughs> a high, high school all-star game. It's the game. Hank Aaron Invitational. Okay. Which is uh, 44 high school players from around the country. Some committed, some uncommitted. And it's going to be at Truist Park. Be at Truist Park in Atlanta. My own version of Sunday night baseball going head-to-head with the ESPN Sunday night game. I'm going to guess one of the analysts will be Carlos Pena. You're wrong. No. Eh. It's going to be Michael Bourne. Okay, Michael Bourne. Michael Bourne. Stole a lot of fantasy uh, baseball, uh, bases for me. In, uh, oh, did he? Yeah, in leagues that I won. Michael Bourne's probably a good immaculate grid answer, right? Yes. Astros, yes. Phillies. Braves? Was he yes. Braves? Yes. yes. I used Bob Wickman twice this week and was right on both. Bob Wickman. Bob Wickman. Take it to the bank. It's an, that's a Cleveland Guardian and a, a Brewer. Brewer. And a Yankee. Yankee. Yeah, Yankee. he was a Brewer-Yankee answer earlier this week. Oh. P.S. We are now living in a world where the new Immaculate Grid doesn't come out until 9 a.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah. yeah, not a fan. I don't know why this? they're doing that, but we got to sit here and wait for it. It was the first thing I did when the alarm went off this morning. But they have now added basketball and football to the baseball I can't one. do those. Oh, I'm ready now. Yeah. As soon as you said basketball, I'm like, yeah, basketball, you crush. Hawks and Heat. Give me somebody here, Manuel. Or EJ, EJ. sorry. <laughs> Hawks and Heat. Fred. Uh, <laughs> Steve Smith. Okay. Damn. He's good. There you go. All no, right. We'll allow it. They'll accept it. Hawks, Pistons, Hawks, Rockets. I think I, I tried a football one and I couldn't do it. I might be able to handle basketball. Football's tough. I tried. It Hawks, Pistons, Rockets. So that's the that's the column for Hawks, Hawks Heat, Hawks Pistons, Hawks Rockets. Never so, played this game, so I have to find three people. Of, you got to find somebody that played for the Hawks and Pistons, and then somebody else that played for the Hawks and Rockets. Okay, Terry Porter. Know. For which one? Hawks Rockets. I don't know if that's true. Uh, the Kimbe play for the Hawks and Rockets. We're gonna go with that one. Can we double check on Terry Porter? We can later on. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the catastrophe that happened in the building. <laughs> and this connects back to a thing, to a trash of mine from a long time ago. Mm. I still refuse to accept these hybrid snack machines that sell both food and drinks. Yep. Because therefore the machine has to be cold enough to keep the drinks cold. But I don't want cold Doritos. Bingo. Okay, exactly. I don't want to have to buy a bag of chips and then leave it on the desk to thaw for a little bit because somebody's Diet Coke. This is 2023. 
either have two machines or have a machine with two temperature controls. And the top half somehow is room temperature for my chips. And then there's a little bottom freezer section for soda. In fact, we have one of them in another little nook where it, both things, and everybody's happy, right? Everybody loves and, that and one. Then, and there's an ice cream machine, too. Yeah. really just for Evan Yeah, Roberts, why is there an ice cream machine? It's actually, I think, for Boomer. Oh, yeah? I've only seen Boomer use it. Really? I haven't seen anyone. I've never seen anybody use it. Yeah, and it's great because it's almost like a skill crane. The lid lifts up and this like big suction cup thing goes down and brings up your strawberry shortcake bar and then drops it to you. I I assume that strawberry shortcake or that chocolate eclair was put in there like 2019. From the original box. There's no way that that's been updated at all. Like, when they come around to check on the machines, they always neglect that one. There's no way they update that machine. Do they have more of those uh, bars they got rid of maybe in there? Oh, that is, it's like a little time capsule. It's like yeah. a Choco Taco in there too, oh, maybe. Yeah, King Cone. They mm. still make those. So the Push main, pop. the biggest vending machine we have is the fanciest one too, because you can use like Apple Pay. You can tap or actually put dollars in. We walk in there just now, Pete and I, during this last break, and I see on the what I thought was on the outside of the vending machine, like a big splash spray mark, and I. Around here, I thought somebody like an anger threw like a little coffee creamer pod at it and it exploded. I, that same here. <laughs> but then I realized that it's honestly on the inside of the machine, and there appears to have been a temperature issue where that's yeah. now freezing things because at least one 20 ounce bottle of Diet Coke has paid the ultimate price. <laughs> and there's there is there's basically Diet Coke slushy. Throughout this entire machine all now. The, all the Diet Cokes are slushies. But, all right, I'm going to post this now to DA. I'm going to yeah. send this to DA on CBS quotes because I took a picture of it before. It's only gotten colder, too, because after the explosion, it seems like some of the spray has now frozen in place. There is, there's like stalactites of <laughs> Diet Coke hanging off upper rungs of the vending machine. Now, I was immediately corrected in the room, but... That vending machine, to me, is not regularly um, serviced. Like mm. There are times where it's almost completely empty before an out, the outside vendor comes. Right. So that thing might stay like that for I don't know how long, and it's going to stay cold. So we're going to have more things popping off in there, I hope. It's gonna be like a terrible firework exhibit <laughs> inside the, the vending machine soon. It's like the firework, uh, the the firework uh, thing. One time that, where all the fireworks exploded at once. <laughs> that was, it's similar to what's going to happen in there. But I think it'll get serviced now because somebody will want um, will want pop chips or something that's in just that machine. Yeah, and they'll they'll tell our uh, guy. Now here. that that had not happened at five ten when I initially walked into that room this morning. So that is a new development. Well, the, Very new. The question now is how many of those are going to explode today? Right. Right, because you figure that I'm my picture here, there's one that's exploded and there's five, six, seven, eight more Diet Cokes that you see all the, the foam and the bubbles. How yeah. many of those will explode before the end of the show? And my answer is I hope all of them explode. <laughs> you know what's odd too, looking at the picture I took, there's... Is that an eight or nine different rows of Diet Cokes, as if Mike Francesa still works here? And all the Diet Cokes have frozen, but then there's three regular bottles of Coke that have not frozen next to frozen ones, as if 
they're somehow different and Diet Coke freezes easier than regular Coke? I bet you it's the aspartame. I bet you I it bet is. I bet you it's that yeah. chemical additive that probably changes that makes the, it diet. The, the molecular structure yeah. of the Coke. And, and I can't wait till they get to the cans. Oh, yeah. You'll hear those pop. Ray Martell is going to have a you-know-what fit when he finds out that nine Diet Cokes have gone to waste. You know, if Cap has an extra camera line around, I would argue we should put a camera on the machine so Ooh. we are filming if there are more explosions. Vending machine cam. Yeah. Can we send Billy Jockalone as our, our break room correspondent? If you can find him, send him wherever you want. No, I, I, I believe I, Billy's on break number one today. I th- <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, he would he would notice that because he's probably over there at the vending machine. I would have pegged Billy as the guy who threw something against the vending machine <laughs> to create the initial spray that I thought I saw. While he was thinking about his list of people he's going to fight here right. at CBS Sports Radio. I, I, think, I think we have to... Um, Put the camera on on that vending machine. Where if caps are caps around, let's get a camera on that vending machine. Just put it right there. Uh, in the meantime, let's get your headlines. Here's Caserta. That's right. We still have sports to talk about, and uh, all of the hullabaloo about Justin Herbert right now being the highest paid man in the NFL. Hullabaloo. hullabaloo. Okay. Five years, two hundred sixty-two point five million until Joe Burrow breaks it. Those contracts can be tough. And Bruce Boudreaux lookalike Mike Brown said the Bengals won't be able to pay Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. We have some good players that need to be fed. You get a bag of corn and you have 10 hogs. Well, how are you going to put that out to them? The bag's going to be gone, empty. And some of them aren't going to get it. Well, that's too bad. And uh, you prioritize the ones that you think are the ones that matter most. And I guess you guys have an idea who might be the number one guy there. Oh, is he a bore? Mm. Just no emo. It's the first day of camp. Can I get a little <laughs> energy? He's talking like it's week 16. They just started. What has he been doing all summer? Get into a routine. Let him get into his routine. I've looked at the guy. He wasn't on a treadmill right before he went for his media session. Maybe he was about to, and then he's yeah. upset about that. He's, he's out of breath from 20 seconds of talking. A little energy, Mike. A little pep. Pick it up. Come on. Deshaun Watson deflecting his off-field issues and blaming the media was cute. He said last year was the lowest point of his life, but that now he's locked in and focused. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I can just lock in on my craft. I can lock in on my job, my profession. Uh, You know, when I leave the football field, I can focus on studying the game and uh, not having any distractions. So that's what I'm just doing is just taking it one day at a time, uh, one opportunity at a time, and just really just cherishing this moment uh, as best as I can. That would be like O.J. Simpson saying that 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 whole murder trial was a distraction. Like, (laughs) he acts like he didn't do it. Right. He wasn't the contributing factor. Right. Innocent victim. happened to him. What are we doing? What? Playing? He's the victim now? Really? You knew that was coming. Come on. Oh, what did he say? He had a rough rough upbringing, right? Is that what it was? Something like that? Okay. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Jerry Jones, one more time before we say goodbye to this update. There's a lot of work to be done because we're going to play a lot of young players. But um, uh, I think that uh, when you weigh it, you weigh uh, where we've evolved uh, over the last two or three years with our defense. Uh, You look at uh, some of the talent we've got. Look at Dak. Uh, When I look at all those things, I think we've got a chance to be a contender. Natural gas. (laughs) 
and that's how you talk. See, like, it's subtle, but there's more juice in that than what we heard out of Mike Brown. Spanking himself. <sighs> and Jerry's older. We said it everyone? before, Jerry's 127 years old. How yeah. long until he starts referencing former Cowboys as if they're current right. Cowboys? Yeah. I remember when I supported Rutherford B. Hayes' presidential <laughs> campaign. <laughs> Jerry sold. He babysat for Jody at one point. <laughs> oh, Jer. I love Jer. <laughs> Did you just get that beat? No. <laughs> the rabbit hole we could go down, but we have to take a break. We'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, I'll also tell you this. I compared my picture of the vending machine to Caserta's, and there clearly have been multiple explosions because the Caserta picture has a much cleaner uh, front window than mine does. So this is a now this is a, a dangerous situation. I get the camera down there, Cap. Let's go. This is not a solitary event. There are things literally popping off in that machine throughout this morning, and we don't know what's next. If if Cap has a camera, let's go. Let's let's let's, let's provide our our viewers the uh, the opportunity to see this uh, catastrophe take place. Bronny James apparently doing as well as possible right now. Let's discuss LeBron's son and his health scare right after this on the DA show. I like handling meat. DA on CBS Sports Radio. So while we were on the air, or just off the air, I guess yesterday. Um, Crazy scene at USC men's basketball practice. They're there early, getting set to go. I'm being told Team USA practice. I thought it was, but it was at USC, and they were prepping for a European trip, is what I read yesterday. Either way, Bronny James collapsed on court at the Galen Center and was rushed to the hospital, was initially in the ICU, is out of the ICU. For all reports and whispers and whatever is as good as he can possibly be 24 hours after that. And, you know, I just I can't imagine as a parent having getting that kind of phone call, rushing somewhere and having that thrown in your face. Uh, I mean, I just. My daughter has terrible eyesight. And at one point, a doctor was worried about how bad it was. And that freaked us out for a little bit. At least that was like spread out over time. And wasn't like a panic-inducing like attack out of nowhere. So I, I just, you know, it's Monday morning. You're doing whatever, and the phone rings, and your 18-year-old son is being rushed to the hospital. Um, so thank God that Bronny is okay. And, you know, we've done champ and chump already today. But another hat tip and hug and love to people whose job it is to keep us safe and to rescue us when we need it. Whoever was on site at the Galen Center that morning yesterday morning to help Ronnie get through that and maybe avoid worst case scenario. And, you know, DeMar Hamlin actually was the first, his tweet was the first one I saw. I was literally asleep on the train going home, got off the train, opened up my phone and DeMar was sending prayers to at King James and his family. And I didn't know what had happened. And I scrolled back and obviously with DeMar, in a similar but not the same situation, as far as we know, you know, his life was saved. And Bronny's life appears to have been saved yesterday. And hopefully this was just 
a very, very, very significant case of bad luck, and this was not the sign of some other significant health issue, and that Bronny is back to beat himself and playing college basketball and maybe one day being in the NBA alongside his dad. When we come back, hour number three begins in college football. A four-game suspension looming for Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Is it a big deal at all? Let's figure it out next hour of the DA Show, CBS Sports Radio. I think it's really cool to see the bond between the, the two 